Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. It is a busy time here on Couch Potato Diary, so thank you all so much for downloading and listening today. My name is Peter Klein. You can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at primetimeklein, twitch.tv slash primetimepk, and you can email the show couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Coming up on the show today, it's uh, one that I wasn't necessarily anticipating doing, Um, but if you tuned into Game Over Pro Wrestling, you will notice that there were quite a few technical issues. We have figured out what the issue was, um, and going to fix that for the next time, but because of that, I didn't really get a whole lot of thoughts out there for Money in the Bank, so I thought I would just bring them over here. So that is what the plan is going to be today. Um, Also, later on today, going to have a little bit of NBA NHL free agency discussion, so we're going to do that, plus we got some UFC going on as well as we get ready for International Fight Week. So, there's a lot going on. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening today. Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein, and this is We Had No Idea. A podcast about world events that you know about. But might have fallen asleep for during history class. Or social studies, however you learned history in high school. Each week we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need to top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! All right. In the words of LA Knight, let me talk to you. Um, This was an amazing show, first and foremost. Like, overall, this was a fantastic program. So let's just get right into it. Money in the Bank, uh, coming to you from the O2 Arena in London, England. And it starts with the men's Money in the Bank uh, ladder match. Um, They announced that that was going to be the case on the pre-show. So a lot of excitement going around that. Um, And this match was great. This was one of those matches where... Everyone in the bout gets elevated. Uh, The finish comes. Um, LA Knight has his hands on the briefcase. A lot of people thought he was going to get it. Damian Priest hits the choke slam, and he ends up getting the win. So he is senior money in the bank. Um, I love this. I think it it automatically creates a feud with Seth Rollins for Damian Priest. It creates a story with Finn Balor. You create a new main event star. It adds intrigue to the Judgment Day as well. So the entire faction gets elevated. The performer gets elevated. And you create intrigue around this. So overall, this is the right move. Um, A lot of discussion around LA Knight. Yeah. But he, and I know a lot of the times I'll say, if if you say a superstar didn't need it, then maybe the particular thing needs that superstar. But I I don't think that's the case here. I I think LA Knight is on a rise all of his own. And that, that star is certainly building. And Damian Priest, this elevates him a little bit more. So you have LA Knight who is already rising. Well, we don't we don't need to do anything with that one. That 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 one's doing well on its own. Let's go and elevate this other dude. Um, so I, I think it works great. Like LA Knight does not come out of this damaged even a little bit. You're, you're not worried about killing the, the the great spark that LA Knight has created. Now you do need to follow up on it, for sure you do, but I think you're okay with how this went. But like I said, everyone in this match comes away elevated. Um Logan Paul almost died on that spot with, with Ricochet, but you get another viral moment with Ricochet, and now potentially they're heading towards SummerSlam. Um, with that direction, you have Santos Escobar hitting a pretty sweet moonsault. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura had a couple of, of tense moments as well. I don't know if anyone believed Shinsuke was going to do it, but everyone comes out of this match feeling just a little bit better. This was a great showcase also for Butch, uh, formerly Pete Dunne. Um, he, he gets a showcase in a, a spotlight that he isn't normally in, so hopefully now all you, you have... 
the opportunity and elevated is the word. I've been listening to Will Ospreay's theme song a bit too much, apparently, but elevated is the word for this as everyone comes out of this feeling bigger. And LA Knight, even though he did not win, LA Knight comes out of this match feeling like a star. Up next, the women's tag team titles is Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler defend the titles against Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan. Uh, the finish comes when Shayna Baszler turns on Ronda Rousey, and that is that. Um... We were having the discussion in the SDPN Wrestling Discord channel. I kind of assumed this meant a Ronda Rousey babyface turn. Um, and admittedly, I haven't seen Raw just yet, so I don't know if that is, in fact, the direction that they went. Um, but I, I do think that this, to me, it signaled a Ronda Rousey babyface turn, which I think is a very bad idea. Um, Ronda Rousey has never truly gotten over as a babyface. The crowd has never truly embraced her as a babyface. And quite frankly, she's never really been very good as a babyface. Uh, the, the promos are very robotic and first day of promo school-esque. Um, and it's just, it's not, it doesn't necessarily work with how she delivers things. And I understand there's a bit of a timeline issue, apparently. Rhonda um, has some other commitments or whatever that she wants to get to, so they wanted to speed this thing up, getting it towards SummerSlam, creating a, a feud with Shayna Baszler against Ronda Rousey, but I, I just, I don't love the timing of it. Like, it seems totally out of nowhere that there has been no hint of any sort of betrayal, and I'm not saying they need to leave us breadcrumbs, but from a, a Shayna Baszler standpoint, this doesn't make sense because you're winning a bunch and you're you're a champion. Um, and, and so now, like, I don't see the reason why they needed to win the NXT Tag Team Championships. Like, I guess maybe it does work a little bit better for Raquel and Liv to go down to NXT as they are still kind of close to that, but that's not a good thing. Like, like I shouldn't look at performers on the main roster and go, oh yeah, that could also work in NXT. That's not what NXT is for. Um... I think you need the NXT Women's Tag Team titles basically to force you to create more tag teams because there just aren't enough right now in this division. So I, um, I just, I don't like this. And this division needed more legitimate tag teams, not less. And so I, I think you lose one here with um, with Ronda Rousey and, and Shayna Baszler going kind of the way that they did. Up next, the Intercontinental Championship match. It is Gunther taking on uh, Matt Riddle, the Ring General. This was so much fun. Um, I was saying again in that Discord that Riddle is a, an excellent addition to the big meaty men smack and meat. Um, division, which is basically now just turned into the Intercontinental Championship division, but um, like Riddle fit in with this style so well. The story they told was great, where it is Gunther just being this absolute chopping badass, and Matt Riddle just keeps coming forward and keeps coming forward. He's so tough, he just keeps driving forward. Is a tale as old as time, and it works every time. And you don't often see it with someone of the caliber of Matt Riddle, where he is not a small individual compared to Gunther, he is, but he's not a small dude. He is a legitimate badass with his record in the, the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Um, but I, I thought they played it off perfectly. Gunther is an excellent dominant heel, and I, I thought. Riddle played that sympathetic babyface basically to perfection. This was so good. Um, it was a, a little bit noteworthy, the, the lack of, I guess, response to, to Gunther. Um, I think over in Europe, people kind of want to get behind him, but he's a pretty good heel, so there's a bit of a... It, it just it wasn't the same kind of like, this is a badass heel 
reaction that I think you would hope for, for a character that I, I would have world championship aspirations for. But um, the, the chops to the ankle were so creative. Like, it's just, you can do so much with this man. And the next thing you can do is a feud with, with Drew McIntyre. He comes back. He's not going to AEW. This was a huge moment. Again, it makes Drew feel like a star. And what's the word of the show? Elevated. It. I think this feud has the potential to elevate the Intercontinental Championship just a little bit more. Gunther has done a great job with that. But a lot of times when you have someone, every time it's, hey, the Intercontinental title is back. This guy has brought it back to, to relevancy. Then they lose it and it, it falls back to irrelevancy, right? So this is, I think, a good one. If if McIntyre can get the win over Gunther, then you keep Drew McIntyre hot, winning the Intercontinental title continues to mean something, and you can start to pivot Gunther into a spot for um, competing for the World Heavyweight Championship. So I, I think Drew McIntyre is the perfect guy to, to kind of take this away from Gunther. That way you can still propel Gunther into the championship picture while also keeping the Intercontinental title um, important and then beating McIntyre now becomes the big deal. It's one of those rare times where you can kind of transfer that the, the rub from one to the other. Um... And yeah, all of this, like, Drew just felt like an absolute megastar. Uh, speaking of feeling like a star, that's what Cody Rhodes did as he came out and beat up on Dominic Mysterio. He gets the win. I was surprised there was no Brock there, but they continue it on Monday. Built it up perfectly. Cody gets his win, which is great. I thought that you could have Brock come out, cost Cody a victory. That ends up um, continuing this Brock and Cody feud, while also it allows you to... Um, to have Dominic have a chicken shit heel win, and he can continue the progression that way. But this Dominic Mysterio character right now does not care for wins and losses. That that much is abundantly clear. Uh, and then we had a, a extremely surprise appearance from John Cena. He comes out, says that Mania should go to London, um, and now this this felt very strange. But then you you think about it a little bit more, and it doesn't. Actually, well, I mean, it, it, it's still weird. Like, it's it's very un-pay-per-view or premium live event-ish of them. But um, the way that cities get WrestleMania now, it's not just the WWE is like, oh, what soccer stadium or what football stadium is available? That one, cool, let's go there. Cities bid, and they give site fees to the, the WWE. So the WWE makes money just in the bidding process. And so this is them now kind of putting the pressure on elected officials in the United Kingdom and kind of forces them to, to like, hey, look, we just had 20,000 people cheering, saying that you guys need to bring WrestleMania here. You're, we're going to put a lot of pressure. You guys are going to disappoint a lot of people. If you're you going to make John Cena a liar, how dare you? Um, so this was entirely a political move to put pressure on people. And it was so blatant um, that it was kind of hilarious. But I also think it works. And I don't think they do that without there being like a set plan to, to go there for something big in the future. Grayson Waller comes out. Apparently, he has cleared for contact. He hasn't done a whole lot of it yet because he had a broken leg in a match, I believe, with Carmelo Hayes on NXT. But he showed that I, I he can hang with, with, I mean, not at the, the level of like a peak John Cena when it comes to, to Mike's skills, but he handled it a whole lot better than Austin Theory did. Austin Theory seemed dwarfed by the moment, while Grayson Waller seemed to embrace it. Um, he was he was great in that whole thing, and I don't know if it sets up now Grayson Waller against John Cena at SummerSlam, where, where Cena is just putting over all the great young NXT talent along the way, but 
Um, I think you could have something with that. And it was just, it was fun, but it was so, so fucking random. Then you have the women's money in the bank ladder match. Um, Becky had some fun uses of the ladder early. You have, um, Zelina. Um, this was another one. I don't know if everyone comes out of this one feeling elevated. Like it does feel like Zelina's kind of back to the back of the line. Um, but you kind of had what we were talking about. Like you had Zoe Stark going along with Trish to, um, kind of help out her mentor a little bit. And so you have that progression, but then you have one of the big moments in the match. You have Bailey come out and cost EO sky an opportunity. And it was, it, she played it off like, Oh man, I didn't mean it in, in the moment, but you have, as I'm just throwing things around here, you have now created an opportunity to, again, word of the show, Elevate EO Sky coming out of this. Um, coming out of this, she ends up winning the money in the bank. But even with that, you, you have a feud with Bailey that is going to make EO feel like a, a world championship level performer. And so I think that is certainly going to help with everything going on with her. Um, the finish was so creative, and like you do a couple of these matches a year for how long has it been? WrestleMania 21 was the, the first one. Um, and you have, so that, 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 that's almost 20 years. And for a lot of those, you've had two. So it's tough to be super creative with these, but this was really creative. At one point in the night, um, Zoe Stark and Trish bring out handcuffs to potentially beat up on, on Becky Lynch with. Becky fights them off, but continues to have them on because it's tough to get one off. But um, as she's going up, EO attaches the handcuffs to Bailey, so they, and it's through the rungs of the ladder, so they can't go up any higher. EO climbs over Bailey and ends up winning the Money in the Bank. It was so creative. And I, I have said before, if I'm starting a women's vi division today, I am doing it with EO Sky, and that continues to be the case here. That this was, and that again, the symbolism of climbing over Bailey to do it, all of it was perfect. Um, it hit the notes that you needed to create the, this potential star in EO. Uh, up next, the World Heavyweight Championship on the line as it was Finn Bauer going up against Seth Rollins. This was a great match. Um, I thought the Damian Priest stuff was a little kind of paint by numbersy, almost a little bit like, oh, he's come out. Oh, he cost his own guy. Oh, I can't believe that. Like, it seemed a little obvious to me, but otherwise, this was a very, very good match. And Seth Rollins um, is a, a great leader for this World Heavyweight Championship. I don't think a cash-in is imminent necessarily from uh, a Damian Priest, but um, Seth continues to to just absolutely shine in this role. Um, he is, I think, excellent in it as a babyface. He is apparently going over to, to be making some movies at some point, but um, he's great. He, he really, really is great. And Finn Balor deserves to stick around in the, the main event level. I, I think it's been really good what they've done lately with him being kind of this body attack assassin where the, the coup de gras, that's where it lands, on the body, right? And, and so he is this person who just attacks every human being's ribcage um, on the planet. Uh, I think it's, I think it's been, it's been good to give him a bit of a killer edge. And then we get to the main event, the Bloodline Civil War. Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa lose to Jimmy and Jay, the Usos, in a very good match. The first part of the match was a little bit slow, but then once we got going, we got going. And it was very similar to what they did with, with Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay with the, the kick out at one. When, like, that one, they do the one count. This one, it's the, what Roman Reigns promised, with the, the stack them and whatever that he did with, with Edge and um, Brian Danielson. 
back at uh, at WrestleMania a couple of years ago. And then when they kick out of that, the whole place erupts. And it just creates this, like, incredibly awesome moment. Um, and at that point, they, they have this crowd. And then the Usos are doing it. Michael Cole is just fucking rolling with his call. And everything is just hitting on all cylinders. And then they do it. Jay Uso pins Roman Reigns um, to end up winning the Civil War. Just a, a phenomenal, phenomenal match. It continues to build this story. It continues to build up. And now... I don't know where they're going to go, but I'm excited about it. I'm pissed at the brand split now, specifically because they didn't follow up with it on Monday. Um, it, it is like I am 100% all in on this, bought in hook, line, and sinker. It is storytelling at its peak, just the best. I initially thought that the best way to go about this was to have Solo end up being the, the star that comes out of this by getting the win, but now main event Jey Uso or Jimmy Uso, either or, is going to be just a, a perfect one for me to, to come along and end up winning this thing um, eventually from Roman. Like it, it To me, it has to be one of the, the members of the bloodline, but uh, even if it's just a short title reign and Roman gets it back in time to lose it to Cody at WrestleMania, um, all of it has been excellent, and I am... So, so happy we've been able to, to go along for this ride. So that is just our quick recap for Money in the Bank. Again, apologies for the technical issues with Game Over Wrestling, but we have figured that out and it'll be better next time. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening. Again, you can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at primetimeklein, twitch.tv slash primetimepk, and you can email the show couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Tom. Coming up this week, it is a busy week. It's fight week. So coming up a little bit later on today, there is going to be a um, early UFC storylines that we're going to look at. We are going to get ready for or react, I guess, to NBA and NHL early free agency as it is both um, simultaneously just getting underway and just ending. Um which is always fun. So we will get to uh, a lot of that. And then throughout the week, a lot more fight coverage. We have fight previews coming up. We're going to have a legacy look at Jose Aldo as the UFC's 145 pound title is up for grabs. I still think the best 145 pound fighter of all time is Jose Aldo, but there, there is a push on to, to take that crown away from him. So we'll go back and relive the legacy of Jose Aldo leading up to that fight. Um, also, unfortunately, this is a pro wrestling show. So do want to mention uh, the passing of... Uh, draws the former WWF uh, performer. We're going to have a, a look back at the the life of uh, of draws coming up at some point this week. But uh, yes, thank you all for subscribing, uh, for downloading, for listening, and I will talk to you all a lot this week. Have a good uh, next few hours, everyone, and I'll talk to you later. <laughs>